It's very interesting to, to think about uh, how you react to adversity and to a sudden loss of everything. Because then you realize that the person you think you are is not the one that you are going to be dealing with. And I think that the first thing that you have to do is to reconnect to that inner you that you haven't been in touch with because of the new circumstances, this you that you don't know about comes forward and then it's like a, a new relation that you have to build with yourself. So for me, the first thing I did, and now I'm uh, systematizing uh, this kind of process, was to, to implement a strategy that I would call the strategy of the small doings. Because reacting to a, a very dire moment of a surge of adrenaline and, and fear, brain doesn't function. I mean, that's why when you were thinking about what your mind does, the first thing that you notice is that your mind doesn't do anything. It's paralyzed. What you have to do is to get back to, to the very basic things that normally you do in a automatic or semi-unconscious way, which are, I would think of three, breathing, eating, and uh, sleeping. And because those are semi-automatic things that you do, and that because in a state of big fear, even that is difficult, then you have to think on how to get there, how to get to breathe, how to get to eat, because your body is not wanting to, to I mean, it's a problem of survival, and how to get to sleep, which is the, disconnecting in a, in a relaxing way your mind. Um, that was my first mechanic. The second one is something that I would uh, call rebooting the mind. I mean, you have to reprogram your mindset to the environment you're in and also to the new you that is brought forward in the new situation. And rebooting means being able to uh, deconstruct your strategy of life in the very basic things that, that you must face. In my case, for example, because I was not able to control my life in the sense that I had lost my freedom, so I couldn't think on medium or long-term deconstruction of strategy, I applied this to uh, short-term. And that's how I managed to do things that were exceptional in that context. And I'm thinking particularly on how to escape from my captors. And the only way I could do it was by uh, planning ahead in a very, I mean, uh, basic way. All the movements I had to do to get from point A to point B in order to be able to escape. And that's a rebooting because you, you need, in a way to put aside all the other feelings, emotions, thoughts, and concentrate on that tactic, which becomes your strategy because you cannot think about medium and long term. And then you, you proceed in doing basic things in order to, to get to the point you, you want. And, and that rebooting, what it 
does to you is that it gives you back the sensation of controlling your life. And controlling your life is what we call our identity. Because when you are not able to decide who you are, and who you are depends on the things you do, then that kind of rebooting is the one helping you to identify who you are. I would say that uh, rebooting became part of my, uh, practically of my daily life, because in, in a situation of abduction, even though every day is a day of being bored because you're just passive in expecting uh, the liberation that doesn't come, and it took six years and a half to come, so it's 24 hours, I mean, 2,319 days uh, of waiting that to happen. But every day, something changes, something that is fundamentally altering your present. You have, for example, news in the radio that have a big impact on, on your emotions, or you have uh, an order that you have to sit there instead of there. So uh, the place where you are in a, in a, uh, in a camp as a prisoner uh, dictates also what you can do and what you cannot do, to whom you can speak and to whom you cannot speak. I mean, it's very basic, but it's very fundamental. Or things like uh, a change of commander or a change of guard, even schedule of, of, of feeding. I mean, all those things have an enormous impact on, on your emotions because, because it's all you have, because your life is about that. So every time you, you feel that you're not in control with who you are, you have to reboot. And rebooting is about thinking carefully uh, how you're going to manage to go from A to B. And A to B could be uh, just how to talk to someone that is new. Uh, in order not to trigger uh, confrontation or to confront when you've been abused, humiliated, uh, or even subject to violence. I mean, and, and, and every time you have to be um, understanding that it's your identity who, which is um, at risk because whatever you will do, in that moment, uh, will define how you will going to judge yourself afterwards. And the, the way we look at ourselves backwards is defining of also who we are in the present. It's, it's very, I mean, all those thoughts are, are important because we can think two, twofold. We can think that the past is the one like defining us, which is true, but it's but you have to have a leeway to understand that you can also evolve and change. So you have to have a compassionate look to your past in order to be able to, to understand what happened, but not to feel guilty. I mean, guiltiness is a very wrong kind of feeling because it, it obstructs your, your possibility of, of moving forward. So all those things come all together in one moment, and then you have to have some kind of... Uh, path with, with some stages that you previously have uh, pinpointed to yourself in order to keep your north. 
in a way, I think that before abduction, I was caught in a mind frame where I would think that I was born with certain characteristics of character, emotions, behavior, etc. And those ingredients were like cut in my genetics, if you will. And I was not very aware of who I was, but of course, I knew what people would say about me. So through the image that they would send to me, I would make a package of who I was, thinking, well, these are the things that are not good, but it doesn't matter because I have these that are so good, so I will live with that. And what happened in the jungle, and that's about rebooting, is that you understand that you're always, always in the move, and you can change. And you have to be rebooting, in a way, because you need to be, you, you, you need to acquire and to develop different skills, and sometimes you have to invent them from scratch because perhaps those were not things that you had uh, like uh, potential in yourself from the start. But then by thinking that this is something that is important for you to acquire, and it's a discipline too, then you, you master the change. And the change can be amazing. I mean, you, could, you can change things that you thought were impossible to change in yourself. There is a force inside of us. We can call it love, and I think it's love. Love in all the dimensions, love in the dimension of metaphysics, uh, in, in this kind of power that we have inside that we don't really know how we have it, but it's there. Love in the love we have for our children, for the people that really come, I mean, are part of our, of our history. Uh, love that we receive that is foundational to who we are. And, and all those experiences of love are the ones who give you the power to transform yourself. My belief is that when you are a believer, I mean, when you, when, when you think there is a God, uh, then you have a starting point which is a little different because you think, I'm not that good, I, I don't do things that right, but I, I wish I could. I, I want to do it, and and all the the the, the f let's say the path of a of a believer is to try to walk that walk in a transformative way, where you achieve something about yourself. So, so the starting point is about transformation. It's about knowing that people can change through the power of faith. For me, through the power of love. But it's very concrete. I mean, I really. I really lived that experience in a in a very profound way when I was abducted. In distress, I think that there is a necessity of linking tightly to our body. We need to to get very physical, and it's through our movements and through our contact with the outside world that we can begin organizing our inside world. There are moments in life where our emotions are too big to be handled. And it can be all kinds of emotions. It can be depression, but it can be fear. And, and at, at the end of the day, the emotions have all something in common, is that if you master the ability to put your emotions just aside, not to negate them, 
not to try to fight them, just to put them aside in order to have your mind working properly in doing what you need to do to survive. It helps you. And I'm not sure how it works, but by having your mind in something concrete, it helps you put your emotions in the right perspective. And I think that emotions are probably the most difficult experience we have because we know they are ours, but they control us. And we have to learn how to be able to live a normal life, bearing emotions that are too heavy to to bear. Having said that, when we are in darkness, when we are in deep darkness, and it's normally emotional darkness, because whatever happens in our environment brings darkness in, in emotionally, in how we feel, and this distorts the relationship we have with how we think. Emotions get in the way of our brain, and it's difficult to, to function properly as a human being when you are in darkness. But what I discovered, and, and it has been something that is a source of hope, is that when darkness is at its most, when the pain is at its highest, when we think that we are not able to bear anything else, something happens and light comes back. And it's, it's I, I would put it in another way. I would say, perhaps, that when you have the consciousness of the highest darkness is when you have achieved the breaking moment in yourself to find the light that is always there. Because the light is always there. And so what you're doing is that you're learning. And you're learning by understanding also because it happens, it's something that you can use to the future. So when you're feeling again this darkness, then now you know that there will be an extraordinary light. And now you're seeking for the light. And then, and then you can apply this to everything in your life. I mean, even into politics. I remember... Uh, some time ago, we had the Colombian referendum. We were all expecting it to be, a, you know, a very generous yes to to peace, to the peace agreement uh, with the FARC, which, by the way, were, were the ones who had me uh, captive. But we really thought that that was the, the, the way to go and that Colombia needed peace. Strangely enough and surprisingly, the Colombians decided to vote no. And I remember at that moment, I felt the darkness, and suddenly I was reminded of my experience, and I thought, there's no problem. This will bring something better. What can it bring better? It will bring another discussion. It will bring unity. It will bring uh, the possibility of of uh, discussing further uh, this peace that has to be for everyone, we will learn, we will mature, we will be more democratic. And, and I think that's the outcome, is always knowing. I mean, like, a, it, it, for me, it has become like a law, like a physical or physical law, that uh, 
you can always turn darkness into light.